Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. And uh, if you missed our last segment with uh, Sid Dixon, then we're talking about uh, education, and it is Teacher Appreciation Week. Uh, make sure you uh, do that. You can do that on our uh, text line as well. We'd love to hear uh, a teacher that impacted you, what you learned. You can do that on, uh, again, the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line 57500, and uh, we'll share some of those in the last segment of the program today. Uh, and now we're going to go to uh, the teacher in Congress. Uh, Representative Rob Bishop joins us on the line. Uh, Congressman, how are you today? Fine, Boyd. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. Uh, and and I do always consider you the, the official history teacher and civics teacher of the government. Uh, so I'm holding you responsible. Uh, I still claim that you do give the best tour in the Capitol. I hope that uh, you're able to give a few of those uh, before you wind up uh, at the end of the year this year. Uh, but you're also taking on a new venture uh, as the lieutenant governor candidate, along with Thomas Wright on the ticket. And uh, you uh, you wrote an op-ed uh, for the Deseret News Day talking about the Utah's election system. Uh, there's been a, a lot of angst and uh, arguments about that over the years, and uh, it, it's time to, to get this thing straight once and for all. Well, yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm frustrated with the entire concept that has been litigation over the system for well over half a decade. Um, but that was only on the concept of SB 54, and I always contend that that was just the tip of the iceberg. What we are seeing now is more issues that are deep within the functioning of how it happened, and, uh, and we're only going to start experiencing that. The first one is the concept of plurality candidates winning right. when you have actually too many people in a primary. And the other thing is what I said would be happening is we're seeing process lawsuits, not over the concept. But how it's actually how it's actually run. Look, um, at the beginning of this election campaign, all the candidates had the same rules, the same opportunities. Everything was the same. Five uh, congressional, I think, two gubernatorial candidates went through coronavirus all, and they got their signatures, and everything was in order. Only to then watch as an executive order was made, as judicial decisions were made, and two lawsuits were done, all in the name of changing the process for fairness, which basically helped some candidates and hurt others. And then to top it off, having an op-ed in another newspaper, which tries to encourage 
and give the and and give the mechanism of how one can interfere in the Republican nomination, even if you're not a Republican. Um, like I, I think I said in the op-ed, I was the chairman in the late 1990s when Utah Republicans. First of all, closed the primary and moved the uh, the threshold for getting the nomination from 70 to 60. At that time, um, well, at that time, the Democratic Party was going out of their way to avoid having primaries. And, in, and I think intellectually so. They wanted to save their resources. Right. But there was confusion and there was criticism, some of it anecdotal, that that meant the Democrats were then playing in Republican primaries. So that's when the, 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 uh, the convention lowered it to 60, and made sure it was a Republican primary. And now you have a prominent Democrat who is not only encouraging, but telling people how they can now interfere in the Republican primary. We've got a complete circle. And once again, it's going to create more havoc until we actually sit down and say, there has to be a better way of holding elections, one that all people can respect, and that one that won't change in the middle of the process. Yeah, that's that's such an important point. So for our, our listeners who are uh, just tuning in here, we've got Representative Rob Bishop online. We're talking about the election law uh, and what's going on there. The uh, the plurality issue is a, is a big one. Obviously, if you've got uh, four, five, six candidates, uh, technically somebody can win with somewhere between 20 and 25 percent. Uh, so that's clearly something the legislature could fix that one pretty easy. Is that right? Not necessarily, because there's all confusing ways of why people want to do it, which is why you need to have mm. like an overall, a massive overhaul of the entire system so everything fits together. But with winning with 25% or 20%, we have seen problems in other states. We haven't had that in Utah yet, right. but it's going to happen if we don't actually step up and say, okay, let's come up with a different way of doing it. And, and this coronavirus may have actually helped us. It has shown us how we can use technology to actually expand the base that we have in a convention system. Um, look, boy, when I was chairman again, I, I wanted to have more people involved in the state convention. So I doubled it. We used to have like 2,500. I doubled it to 5,000, mm-hmm. only to find out we, only, we didn't have enough venues in the state of Utah to handle 5,000. So we reduced it down to three. But if we are now using technology, it does. There's nothing that says that you can't actually expand the base of those who participate in conventions, and you can do it in unique ways to allow a convention instead of something that disqualifies people, having a convention being something that actually qualifies people, maybe even more than two, but not an excessive amount that we're that we are now seeing, and it's only going to get worse. Yeah, it, and it's and it's so fascinating. It it was interesting that you know, 20 years ago, you worried. You worried about uh, one party or another party, you know, fiddling around and and trying to influence the opposition party or the other party uh, in their primaries to try to get a candidate that they want or someone that they think they can beat in the fall. Uh, We've seen that in other places around the country that have, you know, since made adjustments and changes. Uh, You you mentioned the fact that, that we do live in a state where you can register day of. This year will be a little different uh, because of the the mail-in ballots. Uh, but you saw that 20 years ago, uh, and and now uh, I think 20 years ago people probably said, "Oh, that's never going to happen." And now we're sort of watching it happen. And that's why when when I saw that article coming out, it was like, "Okay, enough is enough." When when you saw the judge change the threshold level to try and help one candidate, obviously it didn't help. But all of a sudden now you have judges piddling with what the requirements actually are that were established by law in an effort to be fair. 
and you have uh, people showing how you can actually influence and, and hijack and sabotage another party's election for whatever reason, to be fair, this, this means we have to readjust what we're doing. We have to look at what we're doing all together overall in a, in a coherent way. And I'm, I'm sorry, for, for almost decades, we have been peddling about doing it. We have not actually done it. And, and there, there are voices out that are saying, oh, let's, let's, let's not rock the boat. Let's not change anything. I don't want to offend anybody. This is time to offend somebody unless, because we are going down a path that's going to have more problems, not fewer problems in the future. Yeah. Uh, we just got about a minute or so left. We're with uh, Representative Rob Bishop, also a candidate for lieutenant governor on the Thomas Wright uh, Rob Bishop ticket. And uh, just in this uh, final minute here, give us a, a scenario, a, a possible solution in terms of how you lead. How do you get us to the right spot when it comes to our election law? Well, first of all, we have to have something in there that won't be changed by an executive order or a judicial decision. We have to we have to make sure that everyone is satisfied with that. We have to make sure that people are included in the entire process. And with technology, we can now do it. You have to make sure there is an all, there is a way of people for making on, multiple ways of people to get on a primary ballot, but still have some control of the process. And and I'm sorry, the the uh, the um, signature process just doesn't work. I mean, the election process, uh, you can easily decide, determine if a signature is not a registered voter or it's not a registered Republican. But we have had hundreds, maybe even thousands of signatures that were thrown out for all sorts of different candidates because the temporary employee that was looking at it simply said the signature doesn't look right. It looks like it was rushed. We can't really – I don't know if it's the same as the signature we have on file. I'm sorry. Those kind of problems will always happen and have happened in other states when you go with signatures. That's why it's a system that is that is flawed. It is fatally flawed, and it can't be fixed. But – we can come up with other ways of allowing people to qualify for a ballot if, once again, you change the pool and you change the process so that you're looking at things outside of the box. It, it's not either this way or the old way. We can, we can come up with new and unique ways, and it's got to be a global decision so that everyone is involved in it and so the legislature feels good about it, Democrats feel good about it, Republicans feel good about it, but it provides – for some kind of security. So when you start an election system, you don't change the rules in the middle of the election. Uh, great insight, as always, uh, Rob Bishop. Appreciate that. And uh, I, I love the fact that he said this is not this is not the false choice of either one way or the other, but it's got to be an open, transparent uh, thing that can actually have some teeth in it and uh, withstand the test of time. So, Rob, thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate your insight. No, thank you. This is, I think, something we have we have to address. We've been piddling too long. Yeah. All right. There we go. Rob Bishop, again, uh, great to have him on the program today. Great insight. Great op-ed uh, by Rob in the Deseret News today. You can check that out at Deseret.com. All right. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about teachers today, Teacher Appreciation Day. want to hear uh, from you. Your chance to weigh in coming up next on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.